to him, resume thy fields of light. Why did thou listen to the voice of Luva that dread morn, to give the immortal steeds of light to his deceitful hands? No longer obedient to thy will, thou art compelled to forge the curbs of iron and brass, to build the iron managers by, to feed them with intoxication from the wine presses of Luva, till the divine vision and fruition is quite obliterated. They call thy lions to the fields of blood. They rouse thy tigers out of the halls of justice till thy dens thy wisdom framed. Golden and beautiful, but how unlike those sweet fields of bliss, where liberty was justice and eternal science was mercy. Then, O oh my dear Lord, listen to Ahania, listen to the vision, the vision of Ahania in the slumbers of Erzin, when Erzin slept in the porch and the ancient man was smitten. That is a little bit of Night the Third from Vala or the Forzos by William Blake. Hello and welcome to Lexical. It's a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages and also discuss a variety of occult topics. I'm your host, Lex Estrada, and if you're hearing this, then this show and magic for that matter is for you if you want it. There are a lot of different ways to be more free, and using magic or making space for a spiritual practice in your life can be one of them. As always, I don't speak for anybody but myself. Others can, will, and should disagree with me sometimes. How would we ever learn anything if we all agreed all the time after all? And like anybody should be, I am willing to revise my opinions based on new evidence. All right, so today I have to share with you a conversation that I had with Matt from chaostarot.com, the site that has almost nothing to do with tarot. (laughs) Matt's original idea of making a tarot deck evolved into like a really cool collection of online tools and like this blog with some cool insights and stuff. Um, There's a sigil generator, which I've been using to generate like sigils that you might see on the, the cover art for these episodes. Uh, So yeah, definitely check that site out. There's all kinds of other stuff there too, like a gematria calculator and a dream machine, as well as a way to make your statement of intent into a mantrical sigil based on the nine dirty words, which Lenny Bruce was arrested for saying in 1966. Uh, So to give some context and background here about what this is, uh, let me read you a little bit of the Wikipedia page about Lenny Bruce. Uh, So he was an American stand-up comedian, social critic, and satirist. He was renowned for his open freestyle and critical form of comedy, which contains satire, politics, religion, sex, and vulgarity. His 1964 conviction on an obscenity charge was followed by a posthumous pardon, the first in the history of New York State, by Governor Pataki in 2003. 
Bruce paved the way for counterculture-era comedians. His trial for obscenity is seen as a landmark for freedom of speech in the United States. Bruce was sentenced on December 21st, 1964, to four months in a workhouse. Uh, he was set free on bail during the appeals process, and he actually died before the appeal was decided. So thank you so much to Wikipedia for that info. Okay, so taking these nine, you know, dirty words, uh, you can make yourself a mantra on Chaos Tarot, and I this is what I did. So here it is, and if you think that this might offend you, I suggest you cover your ears or skip forward about 30 seconds. I'm going to read it three times. Cunt, piss, tits, balls, cocksucker, cunt. Cunt, piss, tits, balls, cocksucker, cunt. <laughs> cunt, piss, tits, balls, cocksucker, cunt. Okay, <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> this is a really fun interview. Uh, Matt's a really funny guy, in addition to being like really dedicated to his family, which I totally respect. He said a lot of nice things about them after we got done recording, actually. <laughs> so that's very cool. He has a lot of what I think are some pretty good tips about like thinking magically would be a way to say that. Uh, contextualizing things in terms of your practice and what they mean for your life in general. Uh, the topic of the psych, psych model or psychology model comes up a lot in this one, and I think that this fits thematically with the idea that what lies at the heart of so many of these practices involves what we call consciousness. Getting yourself into a magical mind frame is a really useful tool and something that you will gain competency in through practice. There's a sort of tightrope walk here, though, too, um, or juggling act. I know this has come up before um, in order to enter these like liminal spaces in which we can work acts of magic. It can often and does often require the suspension of rationality. We want to be able to find that balance between magical thinking and rational thought to do the work of the magician. Journaling is key. You might have heard me mention this before. Another thing that comes up here is that Matt is also not open about his magical practice, which is something that I know is very common. Um, I'm guessing that there are a lot of people listening right now who, for whatever reason, are not able to be expressive about their spirituality, or maybe they just prefer to keep it private. There are several countries that have laws against practicing magic or witchcraft, and there are some areas where it would be unwise to be forthcoming about one's activities. There is a term for all this, like being in the broom closet, is what I've heard. Um, so considering all this, in addition to thinking about like Lenny Bruce's obscenity arrests, it makes me feel really grateful for the freedom that I have to explore my practice in a pretty open way and make this show where I can say whatever the fuck I want. Uh, and having the opportunity to be open about the spirituality and all this stuff, it's like a privilege and I want to recognize it as that and appreciate it. Like if this is something that you have, like appreciate it and perhaps consider thinking about ways to like work towards a situation where more people might be able to have this cool thing. All right, so I don't, could blab on and on and on about this, but I'm going to go ahead and say, let's get the fuck into it. This is my interview with Matt from Chaos Tarot. Well, today my guest is Matt from Chaos Tarot. Thank you so much for being on my show, dude. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Hell yeah. All right. So if you wouldn't mind giving the listeners and I just like a quick kind of introduction and bio and stuff. Uh, I am an old nerd who got into magic very late <laughs> in life after making fun of it for most of my life. <laughs> okay. I... 
have a wife and two kids and I work in the corporate sector and wear khakis and polos and super Midwestern dad stereotype. Okay. <laughs> and then your free time, you do chaos magic. In my shit. free time, I'm howling at the moon and yeah, talking to entities and what have you. Hell yeah. So I'm kind of curious about how you got into magic after making fun of it for most of your life. <laughs> um, honestly, I had just never been exposed to the right magic. I always was thought science was cool and was about research and facts. And all I had ever been exposed to was the very kind of corny type of magic where the kind of stuff that skeptics use when, when you tell them that you're into magic and they're like, oh, yeah, well, then what am I thinking? You know, <laughs> can you can you move an object with your mind? You know, like, no, it's not like that, fucker. It's not Harry Potter <laughs> shit. It's not the force. It's uh, so I, I just only had seen hokey magic and weird Wiccan frou-frou woo-woo stuff and... So it just seemed super dumb. And then... Okay. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything... I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with any of that shit. Like, people should do what works and, like, choose the aesthetic that works. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, that that aesthetic didn't appeal to you. No, no. So I was following um, the West Memphis Three because I kind of resonated with that because I was from... I had to live in this and grow up in this deep south uh crappy hick town where i was like the outcast because i was a little punk skater kid and so i felt really strongly for like damien eccles and how he got railroaded for being you know not fitting the the mold of the people around him and and all that so i was following that really closely and i ended up reading an article about how he used magic to survive in prison and how he went into it a little bit um about what the type of stuff he did was and how it was mostly in his head and how it helped him, you know, keep going. And I was like, well, that sounds like, fuck, I, I feel like I can't keep going some days. <laughs> and I have much smaller problems. <laughs> Maybe I could look into that. So that interview that I read with Eccles gave me a couple little buzzwords to Google. And I started Googling that night and found Chaos Magic. And when I started reading about Chaos Magic, I was like, damn, why didn't someone tell me this 20 years ago? Like this actually, I can follow this, you know, from A to B, you do this, you do this. So this happens that it actually makes sense this way. And then through that, the more I, I learned about that and started practicing and stuff, then I realized that all the stuff I had been making fun of my whole life and, you know, saying, oh, magic is stupid and rolling my eyes at people. I was like, oh, I see how that works now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. They were just, yeah, different paradigm, but same thing. <laughs> yeah, very cool, man. Yeah, I actually kind of relate to what you're saying about, like, first hearing about chaos magic and, like, having it click and being like, oh, there's like a name for that shit or whatever, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, like, it, yeah, it was very exciting when I, it was 
one of those moments where it's like, oh God, fuck, there's other people out there doing this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so you were doing it before you'd heard of it. I, yeah, I, would, I don't think you would say like every single piece of what I do now in terms of that was in play. But yeah, definitely. I had kind of contextualized things from like a scientific background. I, I got into like kind of what you would call like maybe quote unquote traditional witchcraft. All the stuff you're just making fun of. <laughs> 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 When I was like really, li- I mean, because that, that's sort of what I had access to. Like when I was like pretty, pretty little kid, right? I think it was like eleven or twelve or some shit. So I've been playing around with that shit for a while, and then got really into science and stuff, and you know, kind of blended together. And well, I feel like science kind of leads to that anyway, because I don't know what what do they say? The first sip from the cup of science will make you an atheist, but at the bottom of the cup, there's God or whatever. Like there's so many weird unanswered questions and. Oh, hell yeah. You get into the quantum stuff and it's like, okay, this is literally magic. Like, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like some of the physics classes I took and like reading about like chaos theory and like nonlinear, you know, dynamic systems and shit like that. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, how could you say that science has all the answers when it's clearly implicit in it that it, it can't, right? Like it's, right. it's like you're, you're not understanding it properly if you think that about it, right? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one of my bugaboos <laughs> so i'm curious to hear like what is your sort of like daily practice like you know you are sort of secret about your you know your your spiritual practice and shit and so i'd, I'd be curious to hear like how, how you kind of balance that and how that kind of looks because i'm guessing that there's a lot of people out there in the same boat oh like being in the broom closet sure i mean I, yeah I, I don't know i'm not sure if that term is controversial or not I'm not really out as far as like telling everyone and and being magician twenty four seven. My mom is very religious and she would probably cry. So not everybody needs to know. Doesn't look good on a resume. As far as working it into my everyday life, I have a lot of things I do that I will turn into rituals. Like on my desk at work, I will have you know the coins, the cups, the wands but it'll be like some change and my coffee and a usb stick or something but i'm always trying to find subtle ways to like work stuff work stuff into my daily life if i'm working out or something um if i'm walking getting my fitbit miles in i'll just be doing stuff in my head i'll be walking sigils into my gps or something or i'll be if you ever heard of the gate trick you know, I'm not sure. I don't think I've heard it of it by that name, but I, yeah, I, maybe. It's a <laughs> I thing. should just say maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing Ryan, uh, Ryan Lloyd from DKMU, he wrote an article on where basically any kind of like gate or door or thing you can pass through, you imagine that that's like a, visualize that being a portal from this reality into the reality you want. Okay, hell yeah. No, I think there's something in Aiden Wachter's book uh, six ways called there are doors yeah so that you can do that anywhere you know you can do that on a walk you can do that when you're driving or going under a bridge or something so i try to just work magic into my regular day like if i have to go to the dentist and i'm staring into that light getting a root canal I'm like hey i could charge a sigil right now because this hurts really bad like excruciating <laughs> like, or i don't know if I'm sick and I throw up, I'm like, this is, you know, whatever leaving my body that 
bad stuff I want to get rid of and shadow work out, you know, make, make everything symbolic. I used to donate plasma twice a week and then I would have a prick in my finger and I would go home and do like blood magic with it just because I'm already bleeding out of the finger, you know, it's opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that like what you're talking about is really cool and really useful. I like to try to take the opportunity to put magic into things that aren't typically magic too. And I think that there's like something to be said for magical opportunism, right? Like use what you have. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this, there's also this idea of like, maybe you'll like get what you need to like when you need it in terms of the opportunity. I don't know. Oh yeah. Every, yeah. Every opportunity uh, could, could be a gift, right? Even if it doesn't look like it. Yeah, and there's so much you can do with just, like, belief as a tool, too, as far as, I don't know, if you're trying to keep running and you're in a race, you know, you picture someone's chasing you, or it's a forced march or something, or if it's raining and that's a bummer because you don't want to be stuck in all, all day, you can, you know, if you reframe that in your head, like, you've been burning out in the desert for the last five years now it's finally raining then you bring joy to that moment and now you're dancing out in the rain and playing and it's a great day instead of a shit day all of a sudden hell yeah no that's very cool man i'm curious like is there a certain kind of like paradigm that you like to work in or like is there like a certain model of magic that you like to prefer to think about things in terms of or anything like that i'm pretty partial to psych I, I think it just comes from my background of thinking magic is stupid. It's easy to swallow that it's in your head or not necessarily in your head. Cause I feel like psych gets a bad psych model gets a bad rap as being just in your head, but I don't know. Archetypes and everything makes, makes sense to me. I read a lot of psychology stuff. It makes sense to me. It's easy to wrap my head around stuff. I already knew coming into the practice. Cause I didn't start till I was like 38. Okay. And I wasn't reading about spirits for 38 years, but I was reading about psychology for 38 years. So <laughs> it's like I had a, a good foundation for that paradigm already. Okay. Hell yeah. That makes total sense. And yeah, I think, I don't know, the psychology model, it ne doesn't necessarily need to be like, you know, materialism or whatever. I think that we don't really understand consciousness all that well. So there's a lot of wiggle room there i feel like too right yeah that's the the psych model i i do like some people roll their eyes at psych model like oh it's all in your head you think magic is just all in your head it's like no psych model is just like has to do with the subconscious uh period you know full stop it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't mean that uh you can't affect anything or you can only affect your feelings or it's not just that magic equals psychology it's that it somehow has to do with your subconscious and maybe, I don't know, I got a friend named Damien Harry who says, uh, and I, this may be a quote, but he's like, yeah, it's all in your head, but your head's bigger than you think. Like, your head's the whole universe. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think Lanmoyle Duquette said that. Yeah, no, for sure. Because that's, I think that's a great way to think about it, right? Like, it's, as I said, there's no way to fucking... We, we don't, there's no way we can step outside of the situation to like make objective measurements about our own consciousness. This is my own opinion, obviously. But no. so, yeah, when I hear people talking about like, oh, there's no such thing as free will or there is free will, I mean, like, how the fuck could you say one way or the other? I'm sorry. 
right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then you pair you pair psychology with all the quantum bullshit, and then it's like, okay, well, if uh, just observing something can change it, then if you can control your own brain enough to change your perspective, then you can change reality like your dual slit experiment or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like there's all kinds of touchstones like that to go to. And, and I, yeah, so I agree that to say the psychology model just means it's magic is all in your head. I think that might be somewhat of like a misstatement of what it's yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. That That's the one that grinds my gears. And I hear very like respected chaos magicians say it all the time. And I'm like, why are you saying that? You sound so dumb when you say that. Like, oh, you psych model kitties are going to be in real trouble when you run into a real spirit. I'm like, why? Your chaos magic is like, hey, you can use any paradigm you want. And you're like, accept that one. Like, <laughs> why, are <you> being like <laughs> why are you being like that? Stop being like that. It's four lenses of looking at the same thing. It's not a totally different thing. Yeah, definitely. And just I, I'm just thinking like the fact that you've spent so much time studying psychology, like you, there's probably all kinds of like nuances and layers to it. Like the way that you think about it is probably much different than the way somebody who might say that. I don't know. Communication is fucking difficult, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, sure so yeah, like when we say like it's uh, one, it's this way or the other, it's yes, communication is difficult. <laughs> especially online where most of the stupid arguments take place and you don't have you don't have tone of voice and body language and all that definitely yeah there's a lot of context that is missed by just having little short not grammatically correct sentences to <laughs> interpret right <laughs> like... yeah <laughs> so You've got some cool stuff out there, some really cool like tools and shit for people to use in their practice. Could you tell us about like Chaostro and your site? And I've been playing around with this sigil generator and I'm fucking loving it. It's very fun. It's funny because it's called Chaos Tarot, but it's mostly chaostarot.com is mostly not about tarot at all. <laughs> <laughs> like 99% of it is not about tarot. How discordian. <laughs> it's like when you pick a username when you're 15 and then you're stuck with it when you're 50 and you have to tell, you know, <laughs> HR that they could email you at Vegeta Sephiroth 666 or whatever. Like, so I bought the domain because I'm thinking this is going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to draw my, I'm going to draw a set of tarot cards because I've always, even before I was into magic, I was fascinated by the tarot cards because they just seem so cool in that they like represent all the different everything, like archetypes and situations, and and I just like the art of them. So I've always kind of thought tarot cards were cool, and I was always an artist my whole life. And I always kind of on the back burner of my brain was like, one day I'm going to draw a deck of tarot cards, but I never, it just never happened. So when I finally started getting into magic for the first time, I was like, now is the time I'm going to do it right now. And I know I haven't been motivated to draw in like 10 years. <laughs> There's been this huge problem with finding time for it or whatever. 
but this is this is going to be my motivation. I'm going to advertise this and tell everyone I'm doing this, and it's going to make me do it. And then I didn't do it. So <laughs> I'm like four cards in after years of work. I've got four four cards done. But I came up with the, the sigil generator because I'm a coder too, and I love making websites and stuff. So I was like, hey, this would be great advertisement for my think how much exposure this could get my tarot deck that I'm definitely gonna push. <laughs> if I had some if I had some cool thing on my site that would draw people in and they would stay for the the hypothetical tarot deck. But so obviously that eclipsed the tarot deck like by a long shot and I started pouring more and more time and energy into this thing because I really like coding and my artistic process is like brutal not fun <laughs> okay so i yeah the idea was it was going to be all about the tarot and then it ended up being all about this app that i made uh to make sigils and then i added tarot to it and i added numerology to it and i added pathworking to it and it just grew and grew and spiraled out of a muck yeah, there's a lot of tools on there. It's a really cool resource. Yeah, everybody should check it out for sure. And you'll find it at chaostarot.com, the site that has almost nothing to do with tarot whatsoever. <laughs> I will definitely have a link to that in the notes for this. So check that out. <laughs> it's just so funny that I'm stuck on that domain name. Like, I don't even do tarot in my practice that much. I, I mean, it'd be cool to travel. <laughs> it's a really cool idea, right? Like, I, I don't know. I think it's a very cool idea. I have to go but, Google what they mean because that's a lot of. There's like 78 cards. I don't know if you know this. Oh, I, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. I can't be bothered to learn what they they all mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like one of those things, like you pick up you don't have to like sit down and learn it i don't think but yeah yeah, yeah which, for sure. <laughs> which is one of the cornerstones of my practice is laziness like okay <laughs> if i can find a faster way to do it i'm like a work smarter not harder kind of person well that makes sense like i mean if you're yeah if, i i don't think there's necessary i don't know if that's even necessarily being like lazy though right like i, I think what would be lazy would be to like be like oh i can't do it because of, or whatever like yeah. making excuses or i mean it, to yourself when you know that you could do it or something like maybe i don't know that's just pragmatism i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean fuck i yeah. turn my making my breakfast into a ritual <laughs> because i'm going to do that fucking anyway right like i don't know <laughs> so that's dope by the way i love your breakfast magic oh thank you <laughs> delicious and effective <laughs> 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 but like I like Oracle decks, for example. Like um I'll just I picked up the Forty Servants. Have you seen that one by mm -hmm. Tommy Kelly? And yeah, definitely. It's Forty, so that's like half the number of shit to do. And then they all have relevant um visuals that immediately resonate and you know what they are. I'm like, why would I learn tarot at this point? All it's all these weird outdated pictures like I've never stolen five swords and ran away or like, <laughs> like none of that imagery means anything to anyone in 2021 you have to go read it but the 40 servants is like ah oh, the mother and you know exactly what that is like 
<laughs> instantly <laughs> without having to to look up the meaning or ugh. I'm I'm thinking about some of the decks I have and like what like you're saying, like thinking about yourself actually doing those things, like yeah, that is bonkers. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, oh, he's limping past a church and on crutch. Who? What? I've never been in that situation. Very abstract. Are you talking about the Five of Pentacles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what is? Oh no, I hate it when I'm on crutches and there's a church. Fuck, I know exactly what that card means without looking it up. Well, he's they're out in the cold. They're like they're not able to get in where it's warm and people are like do oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of divination, do you want to take a bibliomancy break? I do. Okay, hell yeah. I listen to all your episodes, and every time I'm like, why didn't they bring a 12-sided dice? (laughs) Don't they listen to the podcast that they're on? (laughs) Nobody has the 12-sided dice, so I've got mine right here ready. Okay, excellent. Do you also have a coin? I do. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Hell yeah. I thought you were going to get me with the coin, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure. Do you have a question now? That's the thing. I do. I recently wrote a big article on my site about like sigils for dum-dums and it's the most researched like the most time i've spent writing anything probably and then i everybody's telling me to write a book now because they love it and so i'm gonna ask the heiress if i should write a book okay because the alternative is to just focus on making more articles for the site you know I was just going to say, I did read what you wrote, and I, I I thought it was really good. It was well laid out and very concise. So, yes, everybody check that out as well. Okay. So, go ahead and flip a coin, please. Heads. All right. And roll the die. Nine. Nine. All right. It's going to be from Aristotle's Metaphysics. Let me go grab it. I'll be right back. Alrighty. This is Aristotle what again? Oh, this is uh, Aristotle's Metaphysics. <clears throat> That's so funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that they named it that, if I recall correctly, just because it was like above the physics volume. <laughs> I'm not sure, though. I'm going to look that up and talk about it. Okay. Oh, Aris. Should Matt write a book or can, I'll just, I'll ask it that way. Should Matt write a book? For just as the bronze sphere comes into being, but not sphere or bronze, and also in the case of the bronze, if it does come into being, for always it is necessary that material and form be present beforehand. So too in the case of what something is and of what sort it is, and how much, and similarly, with the rest of the way, ways of attributing being, for it is not the this sort that comes into being, but a wooden thing of this sort, and not, <laughs> not the so much, but so much wood or an animal that is so big. 
But what is to be understood from these considerations as particular to an independent thing is that a different independent thing that is fully at work and that makes it must be present beforehand, such as an animal if it is an animal that comes into being. But with what is of this sort or so much, this is not necessary, but only something that is potentially each. So I hope that answers your question. Well, yeah, it seemed like a really easy read, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a breeze. <laughs> it makes no, there's no weird phrasings to parse no. out or anything. <laughs> for what is for to for what? God. No, but I like it. They talked about material form, and I was just like saying, should I write a real book or like more on the website? And it's like telling me material form, it sounded like. Yeah. And then they said made of wood, and I'm like, oh shit, we're talking about a book. What's yeah. Fuck yeah. So I guess that's my answer. <laughs> Thank you, Eris. <laughs> I will pay attention to that part and ignore the big animal or whatever. The big animal's not part of this. The bronze figure is not part of this. <laughs> I think what was being said is that like things give things produce more things that are like the things that came before them, right? Like I don't know. Whatever I'm we can talk about. This and I make <laughs> books out of wood. <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's some pro. I, I mean, <laughs> I like. <laughs> we, we didn't I didn't think it was going to fit, but I thought I thought it fit. <laughs> I pulled the parts out that fit. They jumped right out at me. Okay, hell yeah. Okay, so this is a good opportunity. I like to ask people if they're if they have any thoughts about like divination or randomness or anything like that at this point. Um, I have this whole thing I do with optical illusions. That's pretty fun. Okay. Because I figure. Like when you're flipping coins or shuffling cards or anything, like a lot of that is just the cards and it has nothing to do with you. Um, so I figure if you can, if you can find a way to generate randomness for divination with your own subconscious, that has more to do with you, you know, as far as like, you know, it's not the cards that are magic. It's you're doing the magic with the cards or whatever. So the more you can shift away from the tool and put in on the burden on your own subconscious, the more involved your mind is uh, with the process. So, for example, they have that spinning dancer illusion where it's like, ah, oh, it looks like she's going left or it can look like she's going right. You know, there's your 50-50 coin flip, except your your brain is deciding you know, if it's a yes or a no or a one or a zero instead of, you know, how hard you throw a coin up in the air. So. Okay. Yeah, that's very cool. I'd never thought of using optical illusions in that way. I like it. Yeah. And there's just so many different ones. Like there's there's one where like if you have a bunch of squares and they're slightly apart, like like city blocks, you know, with streets in between, your brain will see a little dot um, at the intersections of the ones, but not the not if you're looking directly at it. So it's like you're always chasing it. And when you look there, then they're everywhere else, but not where you're looking. So if you arrange your cards out on the table like that, you can kind of follow the dot that is not even, you know, that only exists in your mind to know which which card to pick instead of shuffling. So you know, shit like that. Okay, very cool. I love it. Hell yeah. 
I don't know if that works good. <laughs> like trying to explain an optical illusion via an audio format, but oh, I mean, I I got it. So okay. hopefully, other people will too. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I think that's a really cool idea. Okay, so you had mentioned that, like, you know, you were this like kind of outcast skater kid. Yes. Yep. I think I I think on the Discord server you talked about this a little bit too, like the punk scene and everything, kind of like being a little bit of a good training to be into magic yeah like as far as you know like you crack open condensed chaos and it's like deconditioning 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 is <laughs> some of the first part of it and i mean being in the punk scene is all about not going with the social norms and breaking taboos and you know not necessarily feeling like you have to do things the way everybody else does things that kind of thing so it kind of gave me a leg up, I feel like. Like I've been practicing that way before I've been practicing magic. So I was, it was old hat by the time I got to it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I know that there's sort of like a classic, you know, hand in hand thing there historically with like, you know, chaos magic and like the punk scene back in like Britain and everything. And yeah, so very cool. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, the whole DIY angle too, but. For me, it was mostly the deconditioning. I was always a DIY person to, to begin with. I didn't need punk to teach me that. Oh, yeah. And then skateboarding in general, there's so much will involved in that because it's like, okay, if I do this and I fuck it up, it's going to hurt really bad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I could, you know, I could give up easily halfway through and have a safe landing for sure. Or I could try to actually pull it off, and the chances of being seriously injured go way, way up. <laughs> so <laughs> actually forcing yourself to stay on when you could just bail is like, there's a lot of overcoming fear, and like, I, I just feel like it sharpens your will. Um, and I'm sure that's the case with a bunch of other stuff, but for me it was skateboarding, where you just have to make yourself do something. You will yourself to do something, and against all your impulses or instincts and your body's telling you no we don't lean straight down into a fall and it's like oh yep that's what you got to do to drop in yeah i know the, the idea of like confronting one's fears i think is super important to magical growth right yeah or just being able to control yourself over any whether it's fear or anything to have some impulse control kind of yeah definitely willpower to not react to that very overpowering emotion yeah no for sure so when we touched on this earlier but like balancing you know obviously it doesn't look good on a resume which totally makes no. sense so like <laughs> this idea of like kind of balancing out that like this part of who you are with like the rest of your life your professional life your family life and everything like i would be curious about how that looks for you uh well for me let's see i work eight hours a day so and then when I get off work, it's I'm dad until bedtime. So I don't have a ton of free time until late at night when everyone else is asleep. So I have to find, like I talked earlier about working it into my daily routines and stuff. So a lot of times I'm doing magic at work and nobody knows it because it looks like my job, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm very into that idea. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, you do it with cooking breakfast, you know, it's the same thing. You decide that this thing is the symbolic of that part of you and you need to 
you know, break it down into its components and turn it into this new thing or whatever, alchemy or kitchen witchery or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I find ways to do it in my head when no one else, you know, even knows that it's happening. It's just that I'm reframing things that look like everyday tasks. Um, I go on a lot of late night walks. I was always a night owl anyway, so wait until the middle of the night is is also fine. I keep my stuff kind of tidy, you know. I don't have, you don't walk into my living room and there's this giant altar and monoliths and <laughs> fire and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I keep all my magic. <laughs> like it's just not like in your face. Um, it's I keep all my stuff in a little bitty box with a lock on it, and I can carry it with me wherever I want. Uh, take it to work. You know, when when there's not a pandemic or whatever, just mm-hmm. so it's portable, I could go do something on my lunch break or, you know, take it for a walk out in the woods and then boom, set up my altar. Um, I also don't want to, I'm not really like about, and I don't want to seem judgy at other parents, but I'm not about like raising my kids about it. Like I see... There's some witch groups and stuff where they're like, oh, my son did his first ritual today. It was so cute. And I'm like, oh, I, that's why I don't like Christians so much is they're indoctrinating their kids. So it's like, I'm not just going to indoctrinate them into something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, that seems totally fair. I, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's good to indoctrinate people in general, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> you see it a lot, though, I swear. Like, as soon sure. as you, you get into any magical group where there's a lot of parents you see them all talking about oh little billy did his first spell today and i'm like what the fuck are you doing little billy doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground man let him get a solid worldview and then decide to do that if he he wants to yeah yeah no i mean it, this is a god this is a really complicated issue too, especially <laughs> like for me because i started fucking around with this stuff when i was so young but it wasn't like somebody was like oh here you go i like found it and i was like oh yes this is for me like it was like you know right it wasn't like handed to me so i mean it's very interesting um i don't have kids and so i don't have any opinions on parenting <laughs> well maybe i do but they're probably not very valid <laughs> but like <laughs> So, but yeah, what you're, what you're saying makes sense for sure. Like, I mean, I think. Yeah, like if they want to talk about it when they're older, I'll tell them all about it. But it's, you know, they're seven and four. That's not really. Oh, yeah. I mean. Let's talk about, you know, changing your paradigms and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, over your head. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be better to talk about like what. I mean, if you if you wanted to like educate a kid in something like you know like this is what all these different crystals are or some shit like like that's something that a kid might actually think is interesting <laughs> like this is what the my dad's a geologist so it's like this is what oh, this nice. is called you know like so yeah like, uh, yeah I don't know yeah I just don't want to because at the certain age it's like they'll believe whatever you tell them so it's I don't know I feel like it's almost a consent thing you can't if you tell them that they will believe it forever. Or it will take years of therapy for them to stop believing it. And it will be dramatic, like, when people feel like they're losing their faith in Christianity when they were raised in it. It's like this yeah. big damn deal with tears and shit when if you just left them alone and then they found Christianity at 20 and said, huh, doesn't seem like it's for me. Like, then it's not trauma at all. 
<laughs> it's only trauma because you've told them it would be trauma. No, for sure. Okay, so this is a little bit off topic, but I'd be curious to hear what your opinion is about this because I feel the same way about Santa Claus. And people are like, oh, no, it's bad. And like, no, dude, you're like straight up lying to your kids. And like, I was so fucking pissed when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real and I was being lied to. So bad. Oh God, we should have put a fucking trigger warning before this. I'm so sorry to anybody that didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, whoopsie. <laughs> but no, for sure. And I remember being I actually don't remember ever believing it. I remember being like, okay. But like other other people I knew were like very upset. Uh, you know, I've heard that there's a strong correlation between that and atheism. Because when people find out Santa isn't real, they, like, make the logical conclusion that, <laughs> oh, well, that must be the same thing with that God fellow and that Easter Bunny fellow and that uh, Tooth Fairy fellow. Like, it's probably all just a pack of lies. Yeah, and also, like, what else have you been lying to yeah. me about? <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think that that makes sense, too, in terms of, like, you were saying earlier, in terms of kind of giving a, a young person space to sort of like discover their own path and shit. Like, I feel like that's pretty respectful, right? Like, you know, maybe to say like, okay, look, there's all these options like available to you should you choose to want them. But that seems like something later anyway. I mean, fuck. I don't know. Like I said, I don't have kids. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a huge part of my life. So like I can't even practice until they finally get them to sleep or whatever. So like yeah. they're at the forefront of my mind. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so yeah, I try not. I just don't want to. I just don't want to tell them they have to believe what I believe. And like you lead by example. So even just telling them I believe it, it is kind of making them believe it because they trust me. Mm-hmm. So when they ask about stuff, I always, you know, if they ask about God, I'm like, well, yeah, they think that he's this, but then the Egyptians think that he's this. And then, you know, the Norse think that he's this and you can pick whichever one you want. I don't even try to push them into to any, some people think he's not even real. You know, I just mm -hmm. give them the options and tell them that these are your, this is your multiple choice and you can, it's up to you to decide because nobody really knows. I don't want to. I don't want to force anything, you know, besides basic morals and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, actually, like, as you were saying that, I'm I'm remembering that when I was a kid, like, I asked, I think I asked my mom, like, what happens, like, you know, what, what happens after we die? And she was like, well, it's probably, like, whatever you think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good answer, though. <laughs> it seems like a good answer. <laughs> So yeah, a big part of my practice is hiding from my children. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Fair look enough. in daddy's box of weird magic shit, kids. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I think that like that's this is kind of like a classic theme in like witchcraft and occultism and stuff is like finding ways of disguising things or like, you know, just sort of Oh yeah taking attention off of it, like, you know, disguising your magical implements as, you know, household items, like brooms and shit like that, I think is yeah. part of it. And yeah, like. That's where I was going with the USB stick earlier. I was like, yeah. I had a full altar on my desk in my office at all times, and it just looked like normal desk shit. 
Yeah. And I think there's the, the other way too. Like you could kind of look around you and like see like what the like what symbols are already present and like what they would translate into like if you were to put them on an altar and shit. Like this is like kind of a good segue to what I was going to ask you about next is like pop culture magic and technomancy and stuff. Because I remember you were saying that, that these are things that are of interest to you. <clears throat> yeah, I love pop culture magic because it kind of feeds into the psych model, um, which we already talked about. I love. And I still do all the other models just to be doing them. But like, that's my baby. That's the one I, I really like. So pop culture magic feeds directly into that because obviously like it's all about you know the archetype and the fictional god is just as good as the actual god of whatever strength or intelligence or love because it's just the idea of that it's the archetype of that so i love using fictional characters fictional deities sometimes people like i invoked matthew mcconaughey once like and he's not even he's in pop culture but he's not a fictional he's oh, not okay. a fictional fictional character real quick i'm curious like what were the circumstances surrounding <laughs> i'm i'm so curious <laughs> and did he have his shirt on when you invoked him um i had my shirt on when i invoked him he, had, I mean, like- he had his shirt off <laughs> okay <laughs> to chill out or like yes exactly see (laughs) that's how strong of an archetype he is you i didn't even get to tell you what it was for and it was for exactly that all right all right i think i understand (laughs) (laughs) so i was having a problem at work and it's the kind of thing where it gets heated and like oh hr has to get involved because these two people are having some kind of weird confrontation And I was like, the only way this is going to go my way is if I can keep my cool and be super chill, and then I will win management over to my side, and they will seem, the other person will seem like they're the unreasonable one if I can just be super chill. But I did not feel super chill. I was super pissed. (laughs) (laughs) And if super pissed came out, I was going to look like a crazy person, and then things are not going to go my way. So I invoked Matthew McConaughey and I won and they lost. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that's very cool. I think this, like, there's a lot of crossover with sort of what you're talking about and with um, what actors do, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And that's where I kind of feel like, um, besides being into punk or whatever, it's skateboarding. I did a lot of role playing and stuff when I was a kid that kind of was training me in advance so that when I finally started magic, it was like, oh, this is easy. You know, I've <laughs> I've been doing method acting for, uh, what, 20 years, 30 years of Dungeons & Dragons. So invoking people is super easy. I used to invoke people every Saturday night with a <laughs> bag of Doritos by my side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this is something that we've talked about on the show before, but like, I do think that there's a lot of... Th- stuff about games like that that are are really fucking magical and that you can like use to build skills or i don't know there's a lot of fucking territory there that's what it says in the chick tract 
<laughs> so you go straight from D and D to magic. There's a pipeline. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and like a portal to hell opens up in your mom's basement, and like demons literally appear, yeah. and then you sacrifice your friends to the devil, <laughs> and it's a great Saturday night. <laughs> That's how I got into magic, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Some to know. <laughs> yes, this is what happens every time I play. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked a little bit about like Mage the Ascension. Is that, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, I know that that's something you said that yeah, you're like very into. It has so much stuff in it that you need to know for actual magic. Cause of course the people who made it were all into the occult and stuff. Having played that all through my teenage years, by the time I got into magic, I, I started reading stuff and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I already know that. Yep. I already know that. Yep. That, 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 like, I already knew so much shit because that game, Mage the Ascension, is extremely realistic in their magical system. Yeah, that's very dope. I haven't played it. Um, I played Vampire the Masquerade like a little bit, but I never got like too into it. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a cool world for sure. The deal with Mage and this, it's funny because I don't think the guys who made it were Chaos Magicians per se, but I feel like it's a perfect metaphor for Chaos Magic, the game is. Because you choose, you know, like in D&D, you pick if you're a fighter, you're a thief, you're a wizard. In Mage, you pick what kind of magician you are. And the underlying magic rules are all the exact same thing. And I was like, fuck, that's just like chaos magic. Everybody is doing the same magic, but just their own flavor of it. Like, okay, the witchy types are doing it with cauldrons and shit, and the virtual adepts are doing it with computers, and the dream speakers are doing it with drugs and chemonosis and so i mean they even have like a christian sect of them that are all about doing it through god and there's a weird death cult and there's a proxy for golden dawn and they call it the order of hermes but okay wow yeah it's like dude this is exactly like it really is like thank you for making me memorize all the rules to magic before <laughs> 20 years before i started doing magic yes they're all doing the same things but they do it in different ways with different tools and different outlooks and like you crack open the book and it's like oh they have different paradigms and it's it's all the same terminology and everything it's crazy that's very cool so okay when your kids are older do you think you would play this game with them Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's just a game. It's not yeah, like no, that a makes sense. Tract. It's not gonna pull them into the C D underbelly of Satanism. Well <laughs> But it might get them interested in magic, right? Like yeah. or at least give them the tools if they want them. I mean, I don't know. Oh yeah. No, I'm I was looking, actually, I keep, because I'm an old nerd with kids, like, Facebook is constantly hitting me with ads for these kitty RPGs, so I was thinking of getting them started on something like that. They're, like, okay. age-appropriate, you know, because no kid wants to sit there for an hour and 45 minutes doing math for their character sheet <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> it's yeah. more, you know, get to the fun stuff, get them, get them role-playing and imagining an adventure and that kind of thing. So, yeah, very cool. Heavily marketed towards. <laughs> yeah, you know, I played one that was meant for little kids. One of my friends is a teacher, and she had, like, this, you know, game that she'd played with some of her students, and it was very fun. It was very, very cute. It was all, like, mouse-themed. Uh, yeah, so there's, like, a lot of shit out there. Yeah, very cool. 
Um, I do teach my kids some stuff, but I don't frame it as like magic is real, kids. You know? <laughs> but like, uh, if they're throwing a fit, I you know tell them to breathe and how to calm themselves down and that kind of thing. Or if they're having a a bad dream, I kind of tell them what they can do in the dream to turn it into a good dream and stuff yeah, like that. Useful. Which is like it's technically magic, but I'm not telling my kid that it's magic. I'm telling him that. Uh, if he realizes he's dreaming, he can be Superman or whatever. Yeah, I know. I, my mom told me that shit when I was a kid and it was like super help. Cause I used to have like crazy nightmares, but then I learned how to like do lucid dreaming instead. And that was fucking dope. Right. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> um, do you have any like advice for listeners and that might be like in a similar situation as you? Um, advice for listeners, uh, maybe keep the occult occulted. Um, there's a, sometimes when people finally find their thing, they want to like shout it from the rooftops, but a lot of people are just going to think you're a fucking weirdo. If you do that, like your spirituality doesn't have to be worn on your sleeve 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. If you don't, yeah. If you don't, if it's not useful to do that, right. Like, yeah. And the other thing is I feel like, and I've had a lot of fun talks about this, but like chaos magic in particular is kind of problematic because we have so many different types of people. Like, so if you're becoming a Jehovah's witness, you're like, Oh, I found my people. And then you can basically interface with any other Jehovah's witness and have a bunch of shit in common or Christians or Satanists or Wiccans or whatever, but chaos magicians are all so fucking different that you haven't necessarily found your people. So there's still all that regular stranger danger. You can't just assume anybody's intentions or anything until you go through the feeling out process. So yeah, I would maybe use a sock account <laughs> unless... You like getting in a shit fight at 4 a.m. on CMG and then having the guy post to your workplace's Google reviews about you or something? Ugh, has this kind of stuff <laughs> happened to people you know? Oh, dude, I've got so many stories. I know of one spat that turned into, like, somebody ordering flowers to be delivered to his enemy's wife at her work just as kind of a weird threat like i know how to dox you it's like no there are some fucking crazy people in chaos magic yeah no i know i know i'm just curious like what kind of, I, i'm just curious because i like i really do like to try to keep shit chill like i yeah. know but yeah. like i'm kind of curious like what kind of disputes lead to this kind of stuff like what are people like the dumbest so fucking just pissed off right about, right? wrong basically okay okay it turns from because like obviously they're super powerful magicians because their egos are completely out of control <laughs> uh, but yeah that's i mean that's another reason you haven't necessarily found your people there's a lot of people in chaos magic groups who've never read a fucking chaos magic book and they've just been told by their best friend bob at hot topic that there are no rules so Alakazam, I'm a chaos magician now. So they don't know shit about shit. And I don't know. It just, there's a lot of crazy people it attracts. I'm not saying chaos magicians are fucking crazy, but I've found that in occult forms, you, groups and forms and spaces, there's a slightly higher concentration of crazy people than 
car forms or (laughs) (laughs) gaming forms or whatever. There's just... Yeah, and I think that maybe part of that is that, like, a lot of times when people get interested in the occult, it's because, like, they do feel like a real lack of agency in their life for whatever reason. Like, there there's some kind of circumstances happening and, like, they they turn to, like, you know, the practice to, to like, help with that. And there's probably some ancillary, like, issues, right, that comes along with that and that might play out in group dynamics, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that totally makes sense. And it's probably um, I shouldn't say crazy people, crazy people, because that's not PC. There's nothing funny about psychological issues that or mental issues that people struggle with. But like the guy I just told you about, who sent the other guy's wife flowers at her job to show that he could dox her as a threat, that is very mentally unstable for an internet argument. Oh yeah, no, I mean like, that's. <laughs> So that's the kind of yeah. shit I mean. I'm not just trying to be like, hi, you're a lunatic. But that dude oh, no, is no. literally fucking crazy. That No, well, it's just like, yeah, it's an inappropriate reaction to what's happened. Um, yeah. I would recommend everybody read The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. It's really good. <laughs> like, yeah, like that, like that, that kind of an inappropriate reaction. You could say like, yeah, that doesn't. I mean, I don't know all the fucking circumstances, obviously, but from what I'm hearing, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, right? And so when something doesn't make sense, it means that there's pieces missing, typically. What are those pieces? Right? So, (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, definitely, like, like with anything, like, just, yeah, be careful out there. And just because you, like, share interests with people doesn't mean that, like... I don't know. And it's, it really is hard right now, too, because I think that we've all been so isolated and stuff. And it's, oh yeah, you know, everybody really does want to, like, make those connections or maybe they're spending more time online or whatever. So, yeah, it's was, was did this happen like during 2020? No, this was a couple of years ago. OK, so we can't. Bl- yeah, <laughs> we can't blame the stress him. of last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, not everybody's your friend. If you're in that position where you're kind of in the broom closet and you don't necessarily want to advertise the weird shit you do in your spiritual life, um, just kind of slow your roll. Don't accept every friend request. They don't all need to see your personal Facebook wall where your family talks and about reunions. Yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't even. Talk use... accounts are your friend. Yeah, I don't even use social media like that for sure, dude. I mostly just use it for my podcast, so and to like hang out with people on Discord because I fucking I do love the Faithblind Council Discord community. It's very fun. Anyway, yes, Discord is dope, and Faithblind Council Discord is dope. Hell yeah, very fun. That is such a night and day difference since I started hanging out there from Facebook groups, which are just shit fest, <laughs> except for yours. I feel really bad because, like, I do have a Luxacult Facebook group, but, like, Facebook is so... It, like, every time I fucking log on to it, I just... I immediately want to f- fucking just close it and get the fuck out of there. Like, it's so... It's just too fucking much for me. I can't handle it. I try I try to pop in when I can, but, yeah, it's just... It's, it's just too much, dude. Discord is where it's at for me. <laughs> like, and I love it. I mean, Instagram is cool, but they're... Like, guys, they're really starting to fuck that up, too, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and thank goodness you still have that perspective too, because a lot of people just sit and scroll and scroll on Facebook and they think that's the norm. That becomes the new baseline. This is normal that I feel like shit constantly. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. No, I mean like they've done plenty of studies about this. Like there is a direct inverse relationship between your like life satisfaction and the amount of time you use social media like Facebook. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's, it was, it was like, I think it was like Facebook and Twitter specifically, if I remember correctly. Like, have you ever used TikTok? Um, you know, I don't because I'm not sure it's for me, right? Like, wow. <laughs> every time I look at it, I'm like, is this, like, is it, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I've been tempted though. I, people have suggested like, oh, you should put like videos of like your your bullshit on there or whatever. And like, I don't know, maybe I will. But as it stands right now, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> right. Are you my too old for this? <laughs> right. Is it okay that I'm looking at this? <laughs> <laughs> The thing about TikTok I've noticed since I've started using it is it legitimately makes you happy to be on it. And when I log off of TikTok, I'm like, I feel better now than I did before. And just that, I don't know, that graph of emotions compared to you go on Facebook and you're like, oh, the world is ending. <laughs> the world is ending again because of politics and everyone is bad. And now everything's more thinks I'm a dick because I said something and blah, blah. Like Facebook just brings you down and TikTok brings you up. You should get on TikTok. TikTok. Um, All right. So is there anything that you want to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I have a tarot website that's not about tarot. I think magic is stupid. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I think we've covered everything. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any questions that you would like to ask me? You said that part of your practice, like the podcast itself was like part of your practice in overcoming your social anxiety and stuff like that by talking with an audience. Um, I'd be curious if there's any more details on that. That was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. So like... Yeah, it's sort of just the act of like making the show is a little bit of like an act of me ego magic for me, maybe just because like it's not something that I would have normally been inclined to do before. Like it's something that I'd like kind of toyed with the idea of and wanted to do, but was never able to like get to the place where I actually would do it before I did some sort of like t tinkering, you know? <laughs> um, but it's not like something that it like the, the way that it works with any kind of psychological work or ego magic or whatever it's not something that like happens overnight it's a continual process right like we continue to to learn and grow and blah 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 so yeah just like the act of making the show of talking to people who i you know don't know or whatever about a topic that i've been really nervous about talking about before because i was sort of in the quote you know, room closet or whatever. Like, it's just, it, I was really, really private about it. And mm -hmm. I sort of like got to a place with it where what I was getting was that that wasn't going to work anymore. And I needed to like, you know, I wasn't doing the thing anymore. I needed to like get out there to actually like keep growing and shit or whatever. There was a lot, there was a lot of other reasons I wanted to make the show too. You know, there's, 
yes, there's a lot of layers to it, but like the idea too of like being comfortable, like sharing some of like my artistic bullshit with people, like which was something that I was kind of like also really private about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the act of like, you know, it's it's like a certain kind of like vulnerability, I guess, right? That like you can find a lot of like strength and power in if you're willing to like go through the the scariness of actually like doing it. Yeah, that's kind of like the skateboard thing, facing your fears. Yes, absolutely. I was actually thinking about that a little bit when you were talking about that. So yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, do the scary thing. What's the worst that could happen? Let, I mean, maybe let the worst thing happen sometimes. Well, not 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 the worst thing, but I mean, like, you could do, like, pathworking or something about, like, what would that actually be like and kind of, like, living that through and being like, okay, well, I'm still okay, right? <laughs> so I read an article about that recently. Um, you, you were saying let the worst thing happen. I read this article where there's this whole theory of, like, getting over social anxiety by deliberately fucking up situations so that you get the worst out of the way. And you're like, I'm, I'm alive. Like, go out with your fly open on purpose. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, so, like, like, embarrass yourself. Yeah, or have, have ketchup smudged on the corner of your mouth on purpose or whatever. Try stand-up comedy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was interesting of like, it goes, plays into facing your fears and everything. Like just let it happen. You know, the worst isn't really that bad once you, you've been there. Yeah, no, definitely dude. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it on. Like face your fears. It's, it'll be okay. Do it. Unless your fear is like a train or something. I mean, or a train hitting you. (laughs) (laughs) So where can people find your stuff? Just real quick. Um, my page is chaostarot.com. Um, I've got some other stuff. I've got like a meme page okay. called Gears of Chaos. I've got a Facebook group called Chaos Magic Study Group. Don't go there if you like regular Chaos Magic groups because it's like rules heavy. I tried to go the opposite way. Okay. <laughs> See how many that- rules I could have in there. <laughs> Because every other group is like, ah, there are no rules. So I'm like, okay, this is, we're going to try opposite day. <laughs> like debate rules. You have to cite sources. Okay. You know, yeah, I, as I said before, I don't really use Facebook that much, but I, I do like that. That's That seems good. It keep, keep, keeps people from shitposting too much, right? <laughs> it's funny because people get this idea of me from that group. Like, I'm this rules guy who's all about rules. I'm like, no, that was just a weird experiment I did with that group to see what would happen <laughs> if I made the opposite of a chaos magic group. <laughs> I, I hate rules. I'm uh, literally a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that seems to be a common theme, too. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but yeah it's so that's so funny too like this idea of people not always getting the context of the experiments that you're running like i've i've run into that too where people misread something that i'm doing and i'm like no no you don't understand i'm like experimenting with this weird idea and it's and they're like okay but like the way that it looks from my perspective is not great <laughs> like okay <laughs> yes. i was trying the karen paradigm that's not me that's just temporary i'm not really an asshole i'm just pretending to be one magic Magic. 
be a dick, everyone. Actually, no, do whatever the fuck you want, but <laughs> don't be a dick around me. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, this has been super fun. I really appreciate it. It's much later than I usually do interviews, so I'm curious to hear how this is going to sound. I feel like it was a little bit more rowdy than <laughs> is typical, and that's okay. <laughs> I had fun. I liked it. Okay, hell yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, hell yeah. Thanks again to Matt. Check out chaosro.com and Gears of Chaos, and you can join the Chaos Magic Study Group on Facebook if you are into that. So yeah, this idea of like laziness, right, came up in the interview, and it's something I've been thinking about. Okay, so discipline is good, and it's important, and I think that there's also a tendency sometimes, though, to like give oneself what maybe could be considered like make work, Um, and what I'm talking about here is things that you might be in the habit of doing, or that you think you should be doing, but that you might not be actually getting as much out of as you could, or you're not maybe like engaging with them in in a way that allows it to enrich your practice or your life, maybe. So, and I think Aiden Walker talks about this in my conversation with him, too, on the show. And if you're into, like, occultism, hell yeah, do it up. Like, study all that shit. It, it, enjoy, right? But if you're just looking to do practical magic, that's okay, too. And that might look really different than, you know, learning a million old languages and shit that other people might be into. So everybody's going to have different access to the time and resources that it would take to pursue some of the more complex or involved practices. Um, and that's okay. Do what you do what you do when you can do it, right? Uh, and that, But that being said, like, I do think that there can be a huge benefit to exploring and like expanding your magical repertoire. Matt mentioned how in the game Mage the Ascension, the character classes all have different ways of using magic. I suppose multi-classing could be a good analogy here. Like, what areas are you strong in? Where might you make improvements? Uh, Study different paths and traditions. Talk to people about what they are up to and what they do and what works for them. Everybody has access to different information coming from their individual experiences, so we really can learn something from everybody. There's a potential for that, at least. Um, even, or, even or perhaps especially from people who we might not agree with, right? <laughs> Just saying. Um... Matt mentioned the punk scene in relation to chaos magic. Uh, And to hear more about this, listen to Occult Confessions podcast series on the history of chaos magic, which contains an interview with me and Naya Ain from the Church of Nothing. Thanks so much to Rob and the Alchemical Actors for having us. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Also in the show notes will be a link to a conversation that I had with Taylor Elwood for his Magical Experiments YouTube channel. Uh, Big thanks to Taylor for having me on as a guest. I had a great time talking with him about some of what I've been up to, including my work with the Green Mushroom Hypho Sigil, which is a large-scale group working that you can be a part of if you want to. To hook up with the web, simply incorporate the sigil into your work. This could be in the form of a creative project of some type, you know, go wild. Just only use the magic as it was intended for chill-friendly shit. There are built-in countermeasures, as well as built-in dick jokes. And speaking of dick jokes, check out the Faithline Council podcast episode about chemonosis, which features me as a guest host, as well as a really killer interview with Nikki Weird. So that should be coming out pretty soon, I will let y'all know. 
Uh, shout out to everybody on the Faceblind Council Discord server, which is where I like to hang out on the internet. And a special shout out to everyone on the Green Mushroom Council. We have been doing some remote ritual work as well as working on an astral temple. We also hang out on Fungal Fridays and light a candle with the sigil at midnight and stuff. So really stoked to be running another ritual coming up here. Uh, this time with help from Dave from Unearthing Paranormalcy podcast, as well as Joy, who's hella smart and very cool. So stoked to be working with everybody. Um, a big part of this project was and is about us all finding each other. And I'm really grateful to have met so many amazing people. So if all this sounds like something that you might be into, check out the Faith Blind Council podcast Discord server um, where we are organizing all this shit. So big thanks to Fuck the Post for the gorgeous petition shield she wrote for me in Arabic calligraphy. It's super, super dope. I love it. Uh, check out her Instagram account at Fuck the Post. It's straight up fire. I'll have a link to it and her website in the show notes so you can check out her stuff. And as always, big thanks to you for listening to the Lux Occult Podcast. I'm super lucky. There are so many cool people listening to this show and doing cool shit, and I love to hear about it. As always, you can send me your thoughts, questions, suggestions, or arcane revelations to Pod, or hit me up on Instagram at Pod and see my weird art and magic mashup project at The Mimetic Disease. And don't forget to check out chaosro.com as well. Okay, if you like this show, please do the stars thing and write a good review or whatever. Uh, you can also thank me by telling a friend or a foe about it and by doing some magic to improve your life and the lives of those around you. I don't know, like, think of the big picture, I guess. We should do that. <laughs> All right, thanks again for listening. Um, I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all with a audio magic track that I made as part of a protective working that the Green Mushroom Council will be doing as this episode is published. So enjoy. I hope you like it. Okay, much love. Stay curious and don't forget to journal. Resist. Resist by maintaining sovereignty of the self. Resist by maintaining love of the self. Resist by maintaining fierce loyalty to the love of pleasure. Resist with acts of